Charging Your Spiritual Device, The Power of Biblical Journaling, by David Hartman, read by Callie Bruchara. David Hartman, D. Min, is an Associate Professor of Applied Theology at Southern Adventist University, Collegedale, Tennessee, United States. It hit me when I least expected it. While undergoing an extensive church-building project, I discovered an eight-page handwritten letter from my wife, Judy. She pleaded, quote, I feel like you're married to the church. The children and I get the leftovers. Something has to change, end quote. I knew it had, because early in ministry, I sensed that my zeal for church was ignoring boundaries. Even God was getting the leftovers. Have you ever felt drained by the stresses of ministry? While you realize the need for meaningful quiet time with God, you never seem to be able to fit it in. According to a recent study by the Barna Group, half of all pastors wrestle with finding time for their own spiritual development. I would like to recommend a method of Bible study called biblical journaling that can keep your spiritual device, soul, fully charged and enable you to communicate with God on a deeper level. How to get started Biblical journaling is a spiritual diary. With it, you record your daily encounters with God and His Word. Here's how it works. First, download a Bible app with a note-taking feature, such as Logos, or create a new document file in your preferred word processor and label it, quote, My Bible Journal, end quote. You can also buy a physical journal in which to write your conversations with God. Pick a book of the Bible that will be especially meaningful during this particular season of your life. Then, begin reading, verse by verse. Each day, record the verses under consideration at the top left margin of the page and the current date at the top right margin. Once you get started, you should employ the following three steps for daily biblical journaling. Apply your head in discovery. Ask God for the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit to understand His Word. Carefully look at the historical, grammatical, and literary context of the passage. What issues does it address? What is the main thought, principle, insight, or homiletical point that God sought to get across to the original audience? This process helps you determine the author's original intent, exegesis, instead of imposing your own interpretation onto the text, eisegesis. You can look up key or difficult words in a Bible dictionary or lexicon and use a Bible commentary for helpful insights. For instance, John 3.16 is probably the most well-known passage of all time. Yet, it took on new meaning for me seven years into my ministry when I received the letter from Judy. That next morning, I just happened to be journaling on John 3.16 in my verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of John, quote, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life, end quote. As I pondered the passage, the key insight that hit me was, quote, true love is active, end quote. God did not just lean over the armrest of his celestial throne and yell to humanity, quote, hey, I love you down there, end quote. Rather, he so loved the world that he did something about it. He gave his only son to die on Calvary's cross. As God spoke to me through this passage, I recorded my insights in my journal. Apply your heart in application. Once you understand what the text is saying, ask, Lord, what are you trying to say to me through this passage? End quote. Take the key principle that you pulled from the verse and apply it to your own life. Romans 15.4 reveals, quote, For whatever things were written before 
were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the scripture, might have hope, end quote. God did not inspire the writing of the Bible just for men and women in antiquity. He has something specific he wants to say to us today. Ellen White adds this poignant insight, quote, We should carefully study the Bible, asking God for the aid of the Holy Spirit, that we may understand his word. We should take one verse and concentrate the mind on the task of ascertaining the thought which God has put in that verse for us. We should dwell upon the thought until it becomes our own, and we know what saith the Lord. End quote. That quotation revolutionized my own reading of God's word. I used to see how, quote, far I could read during my devotional reading, but I was being urged to slow down and see how, quote, deep I could read. I was being nudged to take one verse and meditate on it until I could discern what God has put in that verse for me. For me, that means mining. Two basic types of mining exist. One, strip mining, in which the machinery eats a broad swath across the surface of the earth. And two, deep shaft mining, in which miners drill straight down into the heart of the earth. Reading through the Bible in one year to grasp its breadth may have its place, but this recommendation involves deep shaft mining to discern scripture's depth and its relevance to your own life. So ask, what does this passage reveal about who God is and what he's like? How does it relate to my hurts, needs, struggles, and challenges? As you reflect, God will whisper through his word. Record your insights in your journal. As God reveals himself to you, do not be afraid to pour out your joys, fears, needs, and concerns to him. To help you get started, you may want to divide your journal page into two parts. At the top, write, quote, God speaks to me, end quote. Halfway down, put, quote, I speak to God, end quote. Remember that as you open your journal and begin to write, you are in direct conversation with God. Quote, the Bible is God's voice speaking to us, just as surely as if we could hear it with our ears, end quote. One cautionary note, keep the focus on God's word. As you, quote, individually hear him speaking to the heart, quote, through his still small voice, remember that God's voice will never contradict his word. Let scripture be your safeguard against counterfeit forms of spiritual enlightenment and experience. Apply your hand in response action. Now that you have heard God's voice, carry out his commands. Only as we act on God's word will it take on real meaning in our lives. In the case of John 3.16, I shared my discovery with Judy and asked for her forgiveness and input on a new action plan. I scheduled daily, quote, daddy and couple time, end quote, as well as a monthly date night. I saw that God desires his written word to become the living word that will transform lives. I saw that God desires his written word to become the living word that will transform lives. Benefits of Biblical Journaling When I began my first pastoral assignment in the Gulf States Conference in January 1986, I felt overwhelmed. It drove me to God's word for encouragement and strength. I bought a spiral notebook and began logging insights into my journal. That launched a 34-year adventure in biblical journaling with 25,000 logged pages. Here are some of the benefits of biblical journaling that I have discovered through the years. Number one, journaling facilitates heart-to-heart -heart communion with God. Thousands of times he has whispered to me through his word, and I have poured out my heart to him in exchange. I have learned to trust him more deeply through such transparent interchange. Number two, 
Number two, journaling fuels spiritual growth. God uses his word to encourage and exhort, as well as to heal and break. The process of biblical journaling stretches me to become more like him. Number three, journaling focuses the attention so that the mind will not wander. I used to have difficulty concentrating while reading the Bible, but it's hard for the mind to wander while you actively write your conversations with God. Number four, journaling forms a permanent record of God's leading. I can browse back through the past 34 years of journaling and see God's distinct hand in my life. It then encourages me to trust Him in my present circumstances as well. Number five, journaling feeds witnessing, ministry, and preaching. Many have asked whether I conduct my personal devotions, biblical journaling, and my sermon preparation together or separately. It works best for me to separate the two because I want to stay focused on what God is saying to me and not to my congregation. However, after I've journaled on Ezekiel or Ephesians, for example, I will then preach a sermon series on those books with the bulk of my exegesis, illustrations, and application already completed. Also, I am frequently able to share a thought with someone that I glean from my morning journaling. That keeps my witness and ministry fresh and alive. And number six, journaling fosters rich communication skills. I am naturally an introvert and initially ran from God's call into the ministry because I felt inadequate as a speaker. But years of pouring out my true thoughts, feelings, and needs to God in journaling have made me a better communicator with people. As I contemplated God's basic message in John 3.16, quote, true love is active, I penned the following in my journal, quote, Lord, I really love my wife and children with all my heart, but this morning it hit me that I'm not expressing it in a tangible, active way. Please help me to love my family in a new way so they can grasp it, end quote. Journaling can keep your spiritual device fully charged. It is a valuable tool for communicating with God at the deepest level. Try it. It may become the most meaningful experience of your life. For bibliographical and biblical references on this article, and for much more content for pastors and church leaders, please visit ministrymagazine.org.